Uh, good morning, family. My name is Stephen Aguaya, and the Giants play today. I've actually coached my son to say that he supports the Giants. He doesn't know what the Giants are, but he just says, the Giants are my team, which is uh, 20 points for parenting. Um, this week uh, has been pretty eventful. Um, uh, the same son that we that I just talked about, uh, we actually successfully fully potty trained him, uh, which... Like, the parents are clapping. Everyone else is like, so what? Like, the, like the, I, it's, it's different. It's different. Uh, and we did, we kind of had to, not so much expedite the process, but we, we knew that we kind of had a deadline because we wanted him to start school this past, uh, this past Wednesday. So we started on Monday and got him ready on Tuesday to go to school on Wednesday. And, uh, and we... You know, success. We we uh, we got to the school, filled out all the paperwork. Turns out, um, Rossum and Ami Lippincott from Manhattan, their daughters go to the same school. Um, they're very they're very close. It was great. Um, and then we got a, a voicemail Wednesday night saying, "Hey, sorry, we're actually full. Um, we don't have a space for for your son." And and we had like. I mean, I had already planned how different my mornings would be now. Like, I was there. I was celebrating. Um, and, I mean, my, like, my wife was heartbroken. Because I think, I, think I think for moms, the, the, she had kind of built up, okay, now he's going to go. And then that not happening was, it was, you know, it, it wasn't, it was tough. Uh, and then, you know, my wife went into super mom mode and, and was just calling schools all Thursday morning. And then we got another call back saying, hey, a spot opened up um, at PS 129, uh, which is where we meet for midweek. Uh, and, uh, and Lucas will be starting PS 29 this Monday. Um, now, it took less than 24 hours from the voicemail of there's no space to come in for registration. Less than 24 hours. Wouldn't it be nice if everything that we had to push for and wait for was just 24 hours? It's like, God, like, the, here, here's the challenge. I'm just going to pray about it, and in 24 hours, problem alleviated. Imagine how, <laughs> how different our lives would be. Unfortunately, it's not always uh, a 24 hours prayer and phone calls that makes the winds go away and, uh, and brings a storm down. Uh, when the water gets rocky and it's not an immediate fix, what, what are we going to do? When the water gets rocky, if the only thing, if, if you remember one thing from this sermon, just don't jump ship. When the water gets rocky, don't jump ship. Let's go Mark 4. I wish it took 24 hours for everything. This reality is that it doesn't. Uh, Mark 4, in verse 35, says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. Uh, there, were other boats there were also other boats with him. A furious squall broke, uh, came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. 
The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is in the back of the boat, sleep. Which tells us a lot about Jesus, um, because I also like to sleep. Um, Especially when things are, when there's a lot going on. When when you have to deal with a lot of people, a lot of, um, like, like, let let me just get some rest, and hopefully when I wake up, it'll be gone. Um, Jesus, a tired person, in the back of the boat, sleeping. And And then I was looking for the passage in the Bible that says, once you turn your life over to God, um, everything just kind of becomes smooth sailing. And there's no, no, no troubles, no, no anything. Um, it becomes, you know, rainbows, promotions, engagements, material success, consistent quarterbacks, and other like life luxury stuff. It just kind of becomes a piece of cake. I couldn't find it. Um, what, I did, what I do find in this passage is a story where men who had just given up everything to follow Jesus completely handed in their identity to take on this new I'm going to follow this Jesus after a long day of doing God's will walking alongside Christ are now in a storm that could realistically kill them they were with Jesus and a storm came Jesus was Jesus and a storm came so in, in my search for finding, you know, where, where, where can I find support that God just makes all my problems go away, I come to this storm that people that have given up everything to follow Christ are now in a storm. Storms are going to come. It just, it just is. Uh, James 1 says, consider it pure joy when trials of many kinds come. Philippians 1 says that we're going to suffer for the sake of Christ. Matthew 5, Jesus says, blessed are the persecuted. And and 1 Peter 5 says, after you have suffered, he will restore you. Christian or not, storms are going to come. The question we have to ask ourselves is, who's on your boat? Storms will come. Listen, you, you can be here stone cold atheist. Or I can't wait to, 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 to live more so I can give more to God. Regardless of where you find yourself in that, in that spectrum, storms are going to come. The only difference is who is on your boat. In verse 38, after the storm, the, the, the disciples say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, instructor. Now, prior to this, in the first three chapters of Mark, um, John the Baptist had, has come out and said, hey, this Jesus guy is special. You guys think I'm a big deal? Not, I, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. This Jesus, he's, he's, he's very, very special. Very uh, uh, Soon after that, Jesus is driving out spirits, driving out evil spirits, and the demons themselves are like, hey, hold on a second, that's, that's the guy. He heals sick in masses. He touches impure... He, he reaches out to the lepers who you're not supposed to touch. Reaches out, heals the lepers, verbally forgives the sins of a paralyzed man. Then he, uh, after healing him, he, cl- he claims to be bigger than the Sabbath himself. And then heals on the Sabbath. 
gives first-hand accounts of what heaven is going to look like. And then the storm comes, and all of these people that have been there for this whole thing, teacher, instructor, guy with information. It's amazing how quick we can, we can limit God to just teachings when the winds come. When the storm comes, like it, 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 Christian theory won't save you. Under, like, just, just understanding of scripture won't save you. Just having the teacher, rabbi, instructor, that's all of the, what they had experienced before just got blanketed away. And all they could refer to him as he just, he, he communicated that he was God before this. And they limit him to someone that has knowledge for them. You know, something that I appreciate about this church is that I, I'm, 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 my nature is to be very skeptical and very, very like, I need, I, need, I need answers, don't try and lie to me. The, it's, a, it's, it's a blessing that we can come to church every Sunday and genuinely trust that the doctrine is sound. That is not a given in the Christian community. That is not a, you just automatically get that if you go to church on Sunday. Not at all. The, the, and I've, I've, look, I've looked for holes. The doctrine is sound. Sound doctrine alone, though, won't cut it. Just existing in a place where the teachings are correct won't cut it. And these, these disciples who had seen the, 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 the miracles of Christ, teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, a couple, a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I took a class in, uh, in, in Baltimore that required us to do um, a lot of required reading. And one of, the, one of the, the books that they made us read was this book called Reading, reading Paul um, by Michael Gorman. It's essentially, a, a, so Michael Gorman, he um, essentially breaks down all of Paul's, Paul's letters in a way that's, uh, I mean, it's incredibly, it's, it's an incredible book. He, just kinda, he explains everything. Um, but we couldn't find the book anywhere. Like, we couldn't find it online, which is crazy. Um, couldn't find it online, couldn't find it in libraries. And then I start, I start searching for um, uh, the uh, theology schools and seminaries around our area to see if anyone carries the book. I come to find out a, a school, a, a seminary up to, like, maybe 10 minutes from our place had the book. Problem is that you have to be a member, you have to be a student to, to get into the library. So we snuck into the library. Um, and... My, my thought was, we probably can't sneak in here two days, so let's just, like, let's spend, I mean, we're going to get there in the morning and leave when they close and just take as much notes and, and, and stuff as we can. So we're in there for maybe, like, like eight, nine hours. Um, and this guy looks over, and, I mean, he, he saw us walk in, and he kind of came back and sees us for the eight, nine hours. Um, and he walks over, and he's like, hey, just, you know, what, like, what, what are you guys doing here? Um, so my thought was, if I, just, if I just tell him the whole truth, like everything, like maybe he'll, you know, just like, just not care and then uh, let us stay. So I'm like, hey, we're here for a class. I couldn't find the book anywhere, da 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 He's like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, it's, you know, this book by Michael Gorman, Reading Paul. He's like, oh, what, you know, what do you think of the book? So I tell him, actually, I, I told him a lot of what I disagreed with in the book. And then I closed the book and the photo on the back of the book matches the face 
of the person I'm talking to. Come to find out, Michael Gorman teaches at this university. Um, he actually used to be the dean and stepped down so he could teach more. Uh, so I'm there looking at the face of the book writer. And, I mean, you know, for someone that is as brilliant as, as Michael Gorman is, he was incredibly personal. I mean, like, just, just a, a super down-to-earth guy. He actually took me into the, the dean's office and essentially offered me a full-ride scholarship to get my master's in theology um, from that interaction. Uh, we ended up, I mean, we ended up moving and then having a kid, which kind of made, you know, that schedule kind of difficult. Um, but he, he wrote the book, you know? And, like, he wrote the book and also had a say in what happened in that university. I was talking to the author, I was talking to a guy that could make something happen. I think we, oft, we, it's, we, we get so quick to forget who we're talking to when we pray. And we just, like, it's, we, 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 we can just simplify Jesus to just this character in a book somewhere. He wrote the book. The book is about him. It's, he... He thought that the world would be a good idea, and then the world happened. Like the power that exists in the guy that was on this boat is so much more than, teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, Gorman worked at a university. Jesus worked the universe. Do you realize who you're talking to? in the process of challenges. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Good question. Well, Jesus, really though, do, do you care? I think if, if I were to ask, if I were to, you know, like call and response, and I think we would say yes because we're at church on a Sunday. But do you think that Jesus, do you think Jesus cared yesterday? During the challenge later on this week, if you honestly ask yourself, do you think Jesus cares? Sometimes that's hard. Let's look at Psalm 139. Does Jesus care? Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me and behind and before, and, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle in the far in the far side of the sea, even, your, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created me, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We'll stop there. Man, Jesus cares a lot. And I know it's challenging when we, when, when we go through difficulties. It's like, well, Jesus, if you, ca- if you cared, why am I going through this? 
I think the, the question might not necessarily, the, the issue might be in the question. Like, what, why not, why not you? Like, what, 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 you know, if, if, if Jesus went through challenges, shouldn't those that, that also, also claim to be followers of him? But what about all the hurt and the evil and the pain and the corruption and the injustice and the assault and the abuse and the darkness of this world? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? If the world drowns, does Jesus care about the world? Psalm 91, I was going to reference it, but let's read it. Sorry, guys. Uh, Psalm 91, verse 14. Psalm 91, 14 says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Have you ever maybe thought to think, stop to think, that a lot of the storms of the world are actually just caused by the evils of men? And by simply not loving God, we have also forfeited his protection. Now, poverty is the result of greed. Murder is a result of hatred. Do you? I'll apologize before and after this in cases. Do you really think that cancer would still be killing people if we were less concerned with profit margins and more concerned with actually making sure that people are okay? If the hospital systems were actually just designed to make sure that we get better and don't have to come back again, do you think these diseases that we're dying from would still be killing us? Because I don't. That seems like business to me. That seems like, I, like, I, like someone's trying to make money, and because of that, we have to keep suffering in this thing. And that's greed. And we're dying from it. That is not God's lack of involvement. That's, humans, that's the presence of sin that we're suffering from, Christian or not. It might not be God not caring. It might be... For a lot of this, hey, listen, I, th- I, think, I think accidents are ac- accidents will happen. But a lot of the things that we point at and say, you know, where was God when that happened? Probably frustrated. Sitting back, wanting us to include him, but we said, you've got to stay over there. Keep God out of the schools, right? Leave him out of the schools. And then we got all these school shootings. It's like, yeah, well, of course. Because we're removing him from the process. It's not a lack of God. It's the unwillingness for us to do what God says. So I think he cares a lot. I think he cares as much as a father that looks at his son who disobeys him and gets hurt. That kind of painful care. Like, why didn't you just listen? And if that wasn't enough, he gives us Jesus. Knowing that we're going to disrespect, dishonor, just blow it, gives us Jesus. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I think he cared a lot. I I actually imagine that statement hurt Jesus' feelings. Like, what what do you mean? I have a plan for you guys. I literally can't do what I want to do here on earth without your help. Do I care if you drown? I care a lot. Verse 39, he stops the wind. 
which is the you know is, is the title of the it'll be the, the, the title in, 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 in the Bible but the, that's, that's all I'm going to say about the wind part because um, the truth is that Jesus isn't obligated to eliminate storms in our life uh, he's, he's not a genie or an insurance program or a or a, a, a equation that you plug in prayer and the outcome is alleviation of, of struggle. He's, just, he's, just, he's not. Even no, notice the uh, the order here. There's a storm, then there's fear, then Jesus fixes it, and then addresses the, their their lack of faith. You know when you've like given up hope on a situation like just giving up and then God comes through and you're like man God really came through and uh and just man my faith is, is just is is so strengthened it's actually that's, that's actually not a sustainable way to build faith um you can't build faith by God proving you wrong um you you you, you can't build trust in God by you living in doubt and God saying, I actually can do that. I actually am able to do that, sir. I, like, pardon my intrusion here, but I'm capable of fixing that situation. If we, the, our doubt plus God's ability to come through doesn't actually build faith, which is why he, he, he gets rid of the wind, and then, like, why, why, why is your faith so weak? The problem wasn't the storm. The storms have no bearing over Jesus' plan. The issue wasn't the storm. You have to fix their faith. They had to fix their faith. I mean, we have to fix our faith too. Especially in situations when getting rid of the storm isn't the problem. You, we, you might carry whatever current issue you're going through right now. Listen, I pray a thousand prayers that, that there's, there's God works miracles. But the reality is that even if he doesn't, even if, it, if he chooses that, no, 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 I think you might actually need this challenge, it doesn't, the prob, then that thing doesn't become the problem anymore. It becomes readjusting the way that we think to be focused on him and his plan rather than the issue. You know, J James made, actually, so most, most of this sermon came from... A, kind of like a, just a throwaway point that James did uh, last, last week um, when he said that, like, that we shouldn't jump ship when the waters get rocky. I was like, because logically, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> it's just like, like wow, no, for, like, why? Why choose to jump off the boat in the storm? <laughs> it's just, it's a bad idea. Outside of religion, just think about what that looks like. It's like, man, it's really rough out there. Let's get off the boat. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And then when you factor in that Jesus is on the boat, don't jump ship. Don't give up. Don't give in. This is the fourth time in six sermons that I've talked about perseverance. And maybe it's for me. Don't give up. You know, my, my dad's last coherent statement on this earth, he told me in the hospital bed, Sunday, he, he died Sunday afternoon. 
Saturday evening, he said, Stephen, whatever you have to do, just get to heaven. Whatever, whatever you have to do. Like, just whatever you have to do. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't give up. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't give up. So I know it's possible. But even, even during the challenges, like, jumping ship does not make sense. It does not make sense. It might, it might feel right, but how many times have you done something that felt right that was also the wrong thing to do? We can't give up. We can't give up on the church. Now, Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not give up meeting together, but instead of that, encourage each other, because all this is going to go away really soon. If there was a way to make a perfect congregation, it would probably start by asking you to leave. That will probably be step one through 200 and change. They're like, sir, please, uh, if you could, we're really trying to be perfect here, so if you could just remove yourself. It will be online, don't worry. The, 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 you know, the, the, the plan for God's church is perfect. The problem is us. But that was kind of built into the plan. The church has made, will, is making, and will continue to make mistakes. Don't, don't stop coming. I know, which is a weird thing to say, because every, because you're here, and like, you know, it, but don't, don't stop coming. You will not survive, and you know the, you like, if you just think, oh, no, I mean. If we, everyone knows somewhere. Maybe it was you at one point. If I just have to. Let me just not go. I'll be okay. No, you won't be. It just. You won't. It's the It's a. We're a crazy family. But that's that's God's plan. You know, for 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 the teens. I understand the weirdness. I get it. It is weird. Church does a lot of weird things. Because we're people, and people do weird things. If your plan is to just kind of like coast and show up because you have to at this age until you, don't no, until you no longer have to, and then when you get your life together, you'll come back, um, the data supports that that actually almost never happens. Um, just the, like the, the and not 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 in theory. Like I've done actual like numeric study of this stuff. It almost never. And I can't say never because there's like two that I that I, that I heard of in the case of like 500 different people. Um, but that's that's a risky percentage to take. There's a lot of craziness here, but there's also a lot of God here. Don't give up on the church. If Jesus is here, stay on the boat. And I, th I think, like, we ha don't give up on each other. Uh, 
<laughs> I was also looking for the scripture that says, I have to love you, but I don't have to like you. I, I was looking. I was like, maybe it's in a, sounds like a psalm. Uh, I think we have to be careful. Like, biblically, hate just means loving less. That's, that's you know, we, we make hate, hate is actually not that strong of a word. It's just choosing to know that you have the uh, capacity to love this much and loving less than that. Um, we need to not give up on each other, even difficult situations. I'm, I'm so glad James did two weeks of talking about how we can uh, enjoy each other. Um, my amazing wife, who is amazing, <laughs> is going to share a little bit about uh, not giving up. As we talk about our crazy family, um, our crazy family at home, how to not give up on family. Good morning, church. I just wanted to say uh, quickly, thank you so much to to this church, to Harlem, welcoming and loving Stephen and I as we just moved here. Um, we feel very blessed to be here, so I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, growing up, family wasn't a word that brought a lot of joy to me. I blamed my family for my problems. To me, family brought stress, anger, frustration, and annoyance to my life. I was complaining constantly, fighting constantly with my siblings, with my mom, and in my heart, I questioned God, why did you place me in this family? I thought running away from my family was the only solution. Going to friends and their families always seemed to work out better than dealing with my own, especially with the relationship I had with my mom. I thought all I had to do was move out one day and everything will be better. Even when I became a disciple as a teen, our relationship still wasn't healthy. My mom is um, a Christian in the Queen's ministry. And we were constantly butting heads. And the way I talked to her was not okay. So even when Stephen and I started dating in college, he actually pointed out to me that I needed to change with the way I spoke to her and where that was coming from. And the liter- like, literally the first thing that I thought and said to him was like, what? Like, she's, she's older than me. Like, she's my mom. She's a disciple. Like, she needs to change. Why do I have to change first? But I chose to be a disciple. No matter what my mom did, I vowed to God and not to her. So I decided to seek some help from some wise, from wise women in my life. And I learned that I wasn't viewing my mom in a godly way. I was actually really selfish and was only thinking about myself, my hurt, and holding on to a lot of bitterness that I had. And that's when I learned that forgiveness takes perseverance. And I'm sure you guys know that because it's definitely not a one-time thing. You have to do it constantly. And you have to do it with the people that you're probably like spending time with the most. And who are you with the most of the time is your family. So my relationship with my mom actually changed so much. It took a lot of vulnerability, humility, 
and just plain work, like literally holding my tongue. But because of God and his Holy Spirit in me, I was able to repent and to view and treat my mom the way God wanted me to. And I actually did this before I moved out. (laughs) So funny story was when I got engaged to Stephen, he actually told me that if my relationship didn't change with my mom, he was actually going to break up with me. And I was shocked. (laughs) But I also understood because he valued family and he saw that it was important for me to repent. But also people told me, like, the way you treat your family is the way you're going to treat your spouse one day. So I I learned I had to change. (laughs) But I didn't change to be in a relationship with Stephen. You know, I did it because I love God. And by obeying him, though, he did bless me with my relationship with Stephen. And he allowed me to have a great relationship now with my mom and my siblings. So I'm very grateful to my mother and for God giving her to me. She has taught me so much, and she's been there for me in ways that no one else has, especially after having a child. (laughs) You know, by persevering through this, God taught me, and he's still teaching me every day how to be a wife now and a mom now. Family is so precious, so hold on. Don't give up on family. my wife. (laughs) Don't give up on your spouse. My wife is incredible, as you know, you'll you'll, you'll get to see and hear more from her. Uh, She's amazing. Like, she's actually my best friend, and not how, like, some... (laughs) (laughs) She's genuinely my best friend. Like, Like, I don't say that because we're married. Like, she really is, if, if you give me the option, I choose to ha- spend time with her more than any other combination of humans in the world. Um, she's, she's like the person that I would rather be with more than anyone else. Um, and we actually just celebrated our six-year wedding anniversary. Uh, six years. Uh, it's, you know, six years. Um, and it's been the best six years of my life by far. Like, not even close. Best six years of my life. And there's no but it's really hard that I'm going to throw in at the end of that. I actually really enjoy time with my wife. I really, like, love our relationship. It's, I don't consider it a stressor in my life. I don't consider it something that, that I don't really even consider it that much, like, of, of work. I just, like, like, she makes my life very easy. And, and I think that's something that, that needs to be said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm really, I'm very grateful, I'm very grateful, because, like, I, I never, I, I never heard my dad do a lesson and talk about, like, how crazy my mom was, never, because I feel like, I think it's, 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 it's very dangerous to, to get on here and just start bashing your spouse, like, Why? Because honestly, for, for for the married people who, it scares the singles. 
it's very scary. It's very scary. So like, but, but I, but I thought, I thought, I thought that that if I find a godly person, then, well, that, yes, exactly, yes, and and um, you know, I, this week has been a tough week in ter- like communication, where I, I thought I understood something, it wasn't what it actually was, like sure, but at the end of the day, I, I I'm crazy in love with this woman, like I would much, like like I'll take all the I'll take all of the drama in our relationship and sure big deal she's amazing so we'll, we'll be okay you know and 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 i'm not i'm not saying that, that there won't be hard times and there won't be challenges but come on man like like god allowed this woman into my life and i know that outside of god i don't get any of this i don't get any of this so how dare i complain how dare i whine and like oh no it's so hard like no 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 Taxes are hard. Like, like, medical treatments are are hard. You know, planking and push-ups, those are hard. I love my wife. That's not a difficult thing in my life. You know, Ephesians 5:22 says that like Jesus, uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's not a suggestion, or like advice. It's just. If you're a husband and you claim to be connected to God, you have to love your wife no matter what. And like her too, no matter what. You know, storms will come. I feel like I'm on a cruise ship, to be honest. It's just, yeah, some wind, we'll be fine. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on your kids. You know, like, like I, I, gave, I gave my father plenty of ammunition to throw me off the boat. Plenty of reasons. He'd be like, yeah, no, nah, he's got to go. Our love for our kids cannot be contingent on their respect for us or their decision to be Christians or not or the decisions they make in life. Our love can never be attached to that thing because that's not how God loves us. Yes, uh, uh, Psalm 127.3 says that children are from God. More than biology and genetics, children are from God. And you are blessed if you have them. But Stephen, you don't know my kids. Maybe you don't know your God. We are blessed, blessed to have children. Don't, don't give up on your convictions. It's so easy to compromise. Compromise in, 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 in the dark, in a way no one will even know. I got an email from someone saying, Stephen, I have $7,000 for you. It's not one of those Nigerian prince things. Like, actually, someone, <laughs> someone that I know. He says, uh, so I, I, you know, I'm in the entertainment industry. There's a, uh, an ad campaign that just came up that I think you fit the role for what we're looking for for this character. It's seven grand. Listen, like, like we've, we've moved a lot. The moves have, like, absolutely destroyed our savings account. Like, we are in, like, seven grand would help a lot. So I'm reading the email kind of excited. I'm like, wow, yeah, I, you know, I, do, I do kind of fit what the, you know. But it's for an e-cigarette campaign. I was like, ah, oh, but, you know, but who's going to watch that commercial, though? You know, like, 
Will anyone really know? Sorry, I can't do it. Because I don't think that Jesus would take that gig. And if if another one comes up where it's not e-cigarettes, like if it's like, I don't know, like barbecue or or some sort of like car, yeah, 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 just email me again. But it would have been so easy to just like, to not even tell anyone and, and, and have this money that we need. Don't give up on your convictions. Now, John... John 8:31 Jesus says hold to my teachings hold and not like agree with like hold to it as you hold to the edge of a cliff hold and I will and and that and the truth that you get through that process will set you free we can't give up listen it, the water's going to get rocky the winds are going to come there will be storms don't jump ship don't give up. But how? You know, like, 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 again, so my cynical self was like, but, but Stephen, that, that, that sounds great. Um, but, like, I still have issues, though. You know, like, I have to leave this seat and go to a challenging situation in my, in my family, at home or at work, or I don't even have a job. So I'm, I'm looking, there's challenges. So this sounds all well and good, but how? Do I not jump off the ship? Uh, Joe, can you come up here for a second? Look at Joe. Just stand right there, right in the front. Yeah. Now look, look at the front. So Joe. One more time, one more time. Top of the stick. Look at the top of the stick. Oh, yeah, watch out for the speakers. (laughs) See, here's the challenge sometimes. We get so caught up with the what's right here. It's like, like what, what can I control? Why is this happening to me? Why, why, is all this, why are all the problems in my life? Fix me, fix me, fix me. And the issue is that, well, you just kind of shift your focus. Just look up, look up. Look towards God and his promises. And you might drop a few sticks still, 
you might still drop, but it, it makes balance all of a sudden possible for the first time in your life. Whereas all these problems, like, man, like, I, I need to fix, I need to change. God, like, help, help me out of this situation. And God is like, bro, just look up. Just focus on God. Focus doesn't mean ignore. Like, Joe still has a hand and a, and a stick to balance. So you're not ignoring the problem, but your focus is now shifted on something bigger than the storm, bigger than the boat, bigger than the waves, bigger than all of the stuff. If we can just shift our focus, all of a sudden, we find balance, it, and the problems are the exact same. Nothing has changed about the problem but your focus. And then it doesn't even become about storms anymore. It's Jesus is on my boat. So I'll be fine. Amen? Thank you, guys.